We're continuing our walk through the gospel according to Luke. Luke the doctor. Luke the seeker. Luke the one who would not put it to rest. If he walked on the water, Luke wanted to see where. If he spoke to the lame, he wanted to stand in that location. If someone said that Jesus did this or said that, Luke wanted to meet them. Stare into my eyes, Luke said, and tell me the story. And he was the information gatherer of the Gospels. And he is writing to Theophilus, probably a, a formidable figure in the Roman government or at least in the city of Rome. And he is seeking out Luke's wisdom and Luke's guidance about this man called Jesus. And we have made our way through Jesus' first set of teachings, through his sermons, through his miracles, from his birth to his calling of the disciples and him becoming his words, this incredible biblical idea that is way beyond the scope of our human understanding. But not only did Jesus preach the word, not only did he teach the word, not only did he live out the word, but in every form of his being, he was the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God in a way that we can't understand. The logos, that's the Greek word for word, was God, the Word of God, the living Word of God, the, the, the embodiment of the entirety of Scriptures. And in Luke, we find not only him teaching about authority, but then becoming authority over the sea, over the, 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 the winds and the waves, over individuals, over sickness, over death, and over the spiritual principalities of darkness we call them demons. Uh, Baptists tend to stay away from the word demons or uh, Holy Ghost things, but we're not, we're not wise in that. Holy Ghost is around, all right? The angels are around. Uh, demons are around. And, and let me just, I don't mean to squash anybody's hopes and dreams here, okay? But, but, but let me explain something really quick about, about angels and demons. Listen to me. I grew up, and it's nobody's fault, it's not my parents' fault, not anybody's fault, I grew up believing like highway to heaven, all right, good old Michael Landon, that when you die, you become an Not true. That's like a cow dying and becoming a duck. Same thing. They are two different created beings, okay? Doesn't happen. Angels are humans are. We don't become. Now, nobody's going to contradict you for saying, you know, I lost my little angel. No, it's a pet name. But, but theology wise, you need to get that angels exist just like horses and demons exist just like cows. All right. They are out there in a spiritual world. And we are made up of both human flesh and blood and spiritual mind, soul, heart, mind, soul, okay? And, and that's why uh, in, in John, all right, in a conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus said you have to be born again. And it's not reborn. Don't re-enter and remove. No, nobody, nobody, all right? Born of water, something you can touch and feel that is a part of the physical world, and spirit, something that is not. Your body must be born and then your soul must be born. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. He who has the Son has life. 
He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And now we are semi-caught up with two small tangents to where we're going to be today. Now, because I've preached about this today, we're going to take a little bit different approach. And I will explain later, but today's sermon will be, uh, I think, you never know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, but today's sermon will be a, a little bit shorter. Our service today will be a little bit shorter than most days because of what's happening uh, after. Again, I'll explain that later because that does not go in here. I want to read from um, the scriptures today, all right? And we will move ahead. They will be keeping us with, uh, up with us in the back. Uh, our iPad is, is, is missing, randomly gone. And so uh, we're back to paper. And, and, and you just keep up when you can. Don't worry when you can't. I, I'll be right here. So here we go. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. I'll go over where they were and what they're reporting. All right. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves into a town called Bethsaida, all right? That is Bethesda, or what all of the cities now we name Bethesda, like Maryland. That, that's what this is from, okay? Bethsaida, or Bethesda. But the crowds learned about it and spoke to them about, no, no, no. The crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place. He replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all of this crowd about 5,000 men were there but he said to the disciples have them sit down in groups of about 50 each and the disciples did so and everybody sat down and he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks and he broke them then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. This is important. They all ate and were, say the word. It's important. It is what will set today's message apart from me for every other time that I've preached it and every other time maybe that you've heard it. That's the word that's going to start the ball that's going to set this apart. They all ate and were... One more time, it's, it's, it's huge. They all ate and were satisfied. Mm, come on. They all ate and were satisfied. Look, my hair, the hair on my arms is standing up. The hair on my head, well. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Listen, 12 basketfuls of pieces that were left over. Basketfuls. They used to carry the woven baskets and the water jugs, and they were in general about 30 gallons of space, 30 gallons, okay, that they could carry because it was for the whole day. So you'd be carrying food for the day, maybe even for a couple of days where the weather poor, and water that you would do laundry in, that you would eat from all the things. So these were, these were large, large baskets. Okay, so we're starting in verse 10, and I'll just try to work straight down through this, Preston. When the apostles returned, they reported 
to Jesus what they had done. In this case, uh, the apostles, we, we have disciples and we have apostles. The disciples were the 12. And right now, the apostles in this case refers to the 12. That number will grow later. And it literally means in the Greek, the sent out ones, the sent out ones. So these are the ones that had sent out. After Jesus had told them what he could do, spoken into what he could do, and then did himself what he could do, he sent them to go and do. And they began to go and do. And everyone began to take notice because now it's not one, it is 12 who are performing miracles, who are casting out demons, who are bringing people healing, who are preaching the gospel, ready, of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of God, all right, which is in Christ, right? Okay, so they're preaching all of this and, and they are now returning and they are, they are giddy, all right? They are, they are, they are like, like, like a girl that just got her first invitation to the prom. Mom, he called, you know? They're, they're screaming and they're running out to buy makeup and, and shoes and, and dresses. These guys are running back to Jesus because they've never reached their hand out and saw a leper healed. They've never said, get up, and saw a lame man walk. And these are fishermen who are now doing it. And they are, they are working through what we talked about last week. We are to be mirrors of God. We are to be a reflection of who he is. But we are never who he is. He is who he is in us. And we have to decide, are we believing that? Are we going to act like Christ is in us? Are we going to bring the hope to the world? Not because we can, but because he can. At the same time, when we get fired up and we get ready to go, last week's message taught us that we cannot find in and of ourselves that power. The power is his and not ours. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So don't be shy, but don't get cocky. All right? That's the message in a nutshell. Don't be shy. God can. Don't get cocky. You can't. All right? There's the, there's the, there's the, there's the big idea, Tim, from last week. All right? So they are now... Now, let me, let me re-preface where we are. How many of you remember about six weeks ago I told a story about a parakeet? All right? Chippy. You know, and, and how Jesus had a, a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. All right, Chippy had a bad day. Jesus, we're in the middle of that bad day, a day that started with Jesus on the mountain trying to pray himself back together, not because he was falling apart, but because he knew his body, his body, body was weakened. He knew that God was still going to work through him, but he was exhausted. He was tired. We find that out when he goes out on the ship. And then they have gone out, and, 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 and the, in the morning, um, he finds out that, that John the Baptist has been beheaded. That's the news he gets. And then right after that, all of these guys come, and they're, they're yelling, and they're screaming, and they're happy. So he goes from way low to way high, and then all the people gather around. He feeds twenty to 25,000 people, which just think about the magnitude of that for a minute. How long does it take 12 or 13 people to serve 25,000 people? We're ready for this one. Anybody ever think about this? How long does it take? How many breaks does it take? Think about this for a minute. If I stood here and just did this for the next five minutes, how many times do you think that I would have broken one cracker? Just for five minutes. How many breaks does he have to do to feed 25,000 people and break enough for 12 30-gallon baskets of leftovers? Anybody ever think about that? We go, he broke the bread, they ate. Huh. 
I mean, we get frustrated in a restaurant with four people trying to serve 40, right? This is 12 people trying to serve 25,000 in a field, mind you, in the middle of the day, in the middle of the desert. And this is just halfway through his day. He gets in the boat to run away for the day, runs into the storm again. We find him completely exhausted. He stills the storm, he gets to the other side, and the crowd has gone around the sea to meet him again. It's a long day. We're right in the heart of that day, okay? They get misordered in places, but that's chronologically the day, all right? So they're in celebration mode. They're saying, Jesus, guess what I did? Guess what I did? You should have seen what Peter did. You should have seen what, what James did. Oh, God, it was awesome. And they were literally could say that. Oh, God, it was awesome because they were talking to him. Anyway, some of you all just now catching that? Oh, goodness. But the crowds learned about it because they wanted to be where he was. They had tried not to get away from the people. They tried to refuel and restore. All right, let me, get, let me give you the example of this. Are there any mothers in the room, all right, who, who had about a 10-year span of their life where their children were born and then they got up to about two and then another child was born, and then they got up to about four and then another child was born and then they got up to about six. Lisa Bettleton's only done this 19 times. She's like, yes, my whole life, right? Okay, how many times in that 10 years did you get to go to the bathroom by yourself? I mean, I'm in the bathroom right now and my nugget has learned how to open the doors. Come on in, babe. Hey, I'm not going to say what she says, but she, you know, points out what it is that I'm doing. And uh, I'm like, well, welcome. All right. This is, this is where Jesus is. He has given and given and given, and he's trying to hide in the bathroom for a minute just to catch his breath. Right. And the people come flooding in. All right. And so that's where they are. And instead of being exhausted, instead of being upset, instead of being perturbed, Jesus says, no, fellas, fellas, fellas. Let's love on them. And he spends time loving them, hugging children, picking them up and swinging them around. He's shaking hands with men. He's healing children who people have brought to him. He's telling them stories about things that he and his disciples have done and are going to do. And this goes on for a couple of hours because we find that it's getting dark. They return in the morning and this goes on all day, right? And they get to the evening and, and the disciples are like, dude, we're, we're, we're out there, all right? We have, we, we're not in town, all right? We're in Podunk, all right? We're in Keene, all right? And, and we, uh, Johnny Ray, you chose to build a house in, in sticks, all right? I we're in Keene, and we're walking. We're walking, all right, back. And he's like, you know, it's going to take an hour, two, three. We're, we're walking. Nobody's eating. Send them home so they have time to get in before the sun sets and get a meal, get their kids to bed. Jesus said, why don't we send them home? We can feed them. At this point in the story, for me, every other time, the miracle has been about the food. The miracle has been about the bread and the fish and a little boy like Jacob with a lunchbox, right? And he comes and he gives, and I've always preached, he gives all he has. He gives all he has. And I go through those five words. He, a little boy, any of us can be the miracle worker, right? Gives. It's not something Jesus had to take from him. Here, you asked, it's offered, done. All. He didn't say, I need to keep one piece of bread and one fish, you can have the other. He gave it all. It's important. He gave all he had, not what somebody else had. He didn't go around trying to get more so that Jesus had enough to do what Jesus needed to do with it, all right? He gave all he had. He didn't um, buy anything else. What was there is what God used, all right? That's the simple version. I think that for years I have missed something 
that in plotting through Luke and in reading came to me this week, all right? This is not about the people. This is not about the miracle. This is not about the food or what we can learn from it. Jesus is having a, Jesus is making an announcement. It's not necessarily a coming out party for who he is, but in a way it is an announcement in, in the form of a miracle about who he is, why he has come, what he fulfills, and what he can do. And now that I know this, if you'll look in your Bibles at the next passage, look at the next thing Jesus does. He sits down with the disciples and he asks them something. He never preaches a sermon. He never answers the question, but he asks them something. Has anybody found it? What does he ask? Who do you say that I am? And there's never a speech before it. Church, I've missed it for all these years. He says it in this story. And I didn't catch it till I got dissatisfied. And now I'm going to tell you what it is. Listen, I, Jen's getting it. It's starting to catch on. This miracle is an announcement that he is who he says he is without saying he's the Messiah. Okay? The people, listen, what was provided in the wilderness by Moses? He raised his hand to God, and what was provided? Bread right? At the Lord's Supper, where the one would be crucified, what happens? Jesus what? Breaks bread. It is a symbol, right? All right? And Jesus says, don't send them away. Don't turn them to McDonald's. Don't turn them to Arby's. Don't turn them to Kroger. You don't have to turn to the drugs, to the alcohol, to other individuals. Come unto me. Don't turn them away. I'm right here. All we need is right here. And do you remember how people would say he's like Elijah who provided the bread also for, for, for the widow? Are, are you like Moses? Are you like the prophets? I'm not just like the prophets. I am the one who sent the prophets. I am the one who has come preaching the kingdom. I'm not preaching a sermon about the kingdom. I am the sermon about the kingdom. And in me, all can be what? satisfied. And what is the one thing that I have told you about heaven that I am certain of? I'm not certain about streets of gold. I'm not certain about a crystal sea. If you want to ask me why, you can ask me. I'm not certain about the distance from one place to the other. I'm not certain about this. All I know is that heaven is with God and that it will... It's the only thing the Bible says we are certain of. And when the kingdom comes and people eat of him, when they take of his body and drink of his blood, when they become unified with him, they become satisfied. This story is Jesus' announcement. I'm he. I let a, I let a prostitute at the well know. There are no more speeches. I am all. And he provided for all of the people. And the implication here is that not, none of them know. They know they're eating. 
We don't know that any of them know where the bread came from because there was never any chatter after it happened about it. All we are told is that he fed them and then the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls left over. Listen to me. Why 12? Because they were 12. It's not just for them. It's for you too. And how much? Enough for... Why didn't Jesus have them pick up just enough for them to eat? He didn't. He picked up enough for them to be. Thou anointest my head with oil. What? My cup runneth over. When we realize who our shepherd is, everything comes together. There will be more than you can ever ask for or imagine. The feeding of the 5,000 is recorded in all four Gospels, not because it's the coolest miracle, but because it is a blatant announcement by God for God through Jesus. He is all we need, and he satisfies in abundance. And he would be broken and spilled out. And once he was, he would not just feed bodies. He would save souls. Salvation didn't come because Jesus landed on earth. Salvation was provided for at the cross. All sins before, forgiven at the cross. All sins after, forgiven at the cross. And Jesus broke, and he said, do this in remembrance of me because I will be broken. I will be poured out, and that will satisfy all the debts of the sins past, present, and future. This miracle is a proclamation not of what God can do, but of who God is. Mm. The disciples did so. Obedience to Christ not only brings miraculous things, but it makes his name known, right? And he looked to heaven, always returning to the source, not bringing glory to self, but to the one who gives. He looked to the heavens, he broke the bread, he gave it to the disciples and set it before the people. God will only ever proclaim the message. Let me say that again. God will only ever proclaim the message. He did not force them to eat. You set it before them and see if they're hungry. And if they take it, they will be. And this is the message of the spiritual gospel as well. Right? God never asked you to save anyone. But he does say, obey me. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Preach. Not, not, not church, not Craig, not NBC, not Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in and of itself. Preach what they preach, the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is incarnated in Jesus Christ. So go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God and see if they're hungry. If their spirit is empty. Go and tell, and let God do the work. 
enjoy this morning's public service announcement by way of the feeding of the 5,000. Let's pray. Jesus, you are too good. You are too good to us. And you subtly and beautifully, in a way that if we're not studying or looking or, 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 or in you and, and not taking it the way we had it, we would have missed it. And God, I apologize that I have missed it for all these years, but I am thankful that you have, reve ah, you have revealed to me that you revealed yourself to us. You kept it a secret. The messianic secret runs throughout this gospel, but you actually didn't keep it a secret at all. You subtly and slyly and beautifully because you're that kind of God and that kind of Father. You made it known. Thank you for that revelation today. God, thank you for the abundance that you supply. Thank you that you go over, above, and beyond. Thank you that there can't be a way that my mind or the mind of any of these people can wrap around how much you want to do. God, I pray a, a prayer of, of, of hope and of abundance over everybody in the room today. Fill them with all they need to the point of satisfaction. In Jesus' name, amen.